What is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, the High on LAFC podcast with your favorite host, myself, Dylan Monroy, and my very good friend and LAFC fanatic, Jorge Martinez. Say hello. Yo, what's going on, everyone? What's going on, brother? How you feeling? The, the, it's it's finally here, man. It's finally here. Opening day. Opening day, indeed, my friend, because the MLS is finally back after after months, you know, from the championship, our very first championship that we won at the bank in epic fashion. Um, Jorge, let's just get into it because this weekend is MLS opening day, right? And uh-huh. we have a pretty massive game with one of our biggest rivals, or our biggest rivals, our crosstown rival in the LA Galaxy. And this will be played at the Rose Bowl Stadium, which houses, I believe, close to 90,000 people. And an article was written a couple weeks ago saying that it's already at 70% sold uh, tickets. And I can only imagine that that will go up by the time kickoff happens Saturday. Jorge, what do you think this means for not only El Tráfico with LAFC and Galaxy, but just like how it will set up our 2023 season? I think uh, it's it's definitely a good way to like to start start with our foot forward. You know, this this sort of like uh, like think about how we. Ended the season. We ended the season in an emphatic, emphatic finish, you know, with going out on top as champions. Bale's last professional club game, you know, like the goal and everything, like the drama, the iconic bank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, oh, isn't, uh, you know, I'm going to tangent there for a second, but I don't think we've mentioned this and I just realized this now. That's how we signed off the bank. With a oh, trophy. dude. You we know what? signed off the bank with a trophy. and yeah. It's um, not a bad way to It's not a bad way to close that. Bank. Yeah, yeah. To, to close that chapter and end the bank. We signed it off with a trophy. And, and what is the best MLS Cup final ever? Possibly no one doubt. of the best finals in the world. I know right there I'm being a little biased. But, I mean, I love I love this league. And, and that's the thing. I think that's how we finish the season, right? And I feel like we're going to get some sort of similar start to that. And <clears throat> it's just going to, like... I'm hoping helps steamroll us back into like form that the form that we were in a similar form. I know things are going to be different this season, and we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But I think it's just a really good way to like start the season on a, on a, on a forward foot. Mm-hmm. You know, packing out like the Rosemont, an iconic stadium, not just in like the MLS, but in world soccer. At least, at least for right. an, an American world soccer, an American soccer, or in mm-hmm. world soccer, it's it's an it's an iconic stadium. You know, people outside of the U.S. know the Rules Bowl from the World Cup in '94. Right. So it's it's a huge it's a huge stadium. It's got a lot of significance in history. For Galaxy, it's got a lot of significance in history, and you know, I, I think it's it's a good way to, to to get the season started, and it's gonna be a packed packed house it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be like some it's gonna be something that some of our players have never experienced before Uh, yeah i mean i 
to fill out the Rose Bowl, you know, with fans from LAFC and Galaxy who are already wild at uh-huh. <laughs> the bank or at their yeah, Carson, Carson Stadium. Yeah. Like, it's already a wild environment to begin with. So yeah. I can only imagine now you're going into a stadium that fills uh-huh. almost almost four times Dude, the same amount of people. Insane. It's going to be beyond crazy. It's going to be crazy. So yeah. I'm looking forward to watching it. Unfortunately, I won't be there same. because uh, uh plans and stuff. Yeah, actually, I, you know, I, I wanted to go to this game a lot. But I just the more and more I thought about, like, the Rose Bowl and it, Yeah, going to the Rose Bowl, man, is a different experience. Um, You know, it's also one of the worst stadiums to get in and out of. So whoever is going, good luck. Good luck. I mean, I'm sure if you get there early, (laughs) which a lot of people will, it's not going to be so bad. Well, who knows? Maybe the traffic will be bad all day because I know people will get there early. Mm -hmm. Uh, People will be sprinkling it it, throughout. So I have been to the Rose Bowl on one occasion, and I remember parking very far and then walking a few blocks and then stumbling upon a shuttle i don't even or we're just gonna just gonna walk and i think we're a few blocks away and so getting there wasn't horrible but we got there maybe like 30 minutes before kickoff and stuff like people were already settling in but leaving i remember getting that shuttle back to leave that was hard i think we like had to walk around like for the stadium like we legit walked around like for 45 minutes like we're in the parking lot somewhere mm-hmm. There was a lot of people too, but like just to wait to get a shuttle to get back to the car, it was such a pain. And on top of that, it's gonna rain this weekend. Yeah, it's gonna rain, and that's gonna add a little bit extra to the matchup for sure. That's um, you know what that's so I'm, that's pretty cool. I'm all for it in terms of like the game itself. It's gonna make it even better, like a home, oh, not a home opener. I mean, kinda. <laughs> yeah, Galaxy fans. I know but, you guys are having some issues where you guys are gonna be protesting supposedly. Yeah. So we'll see. So I got a question: <laughs> Are you a real fan, Galaxy fan, for protesting or for going to the game? Huh? What do you do? What do you do? Or do you buy a ticket, support your club, but don't go to the game? That's exactly what Greg Manning wants. <laughs> That's exactly what he's thinking. Uh, or Chris Klein, sorry. Chris, Chris Klein, Klein, sorry, yeah. not Greg Manning. Greg Manning is the coach. Yeah, Greg Manning. He's not so bad. Yeah. But, no. uh, all right, Jorge. Well, with all that aside, with the Galaxy game coming up, uh, we know we want to win that game. But the roster itself, we've talked about it in previous podcasts. You know, in the offseason, just a couple weeks ago, mentioned Obama Yang potentially coming to the club as a DP, but it looks like that is definitely not gonna happen, yeah. which is quite disappointing because we lost Chicho Arango, who's our, one of our most important players, our goal scorer for our club. And and we figured, oh, if we got a bombing, it would be, you know, not a quick fix, but a, a world-class player coming into LEFC would definitely make a big difference, especially at the position where we more desperately needed. Because right now, you know, I know you and I have talked about it. We don't really have a out-and-out number nine striker, per uh-huh. se. So as far as, like, strategy goes... What the hell are we going to play up top, Jorge? What are we going to play? I feel like it's going to be like some sort of like fluid MSN sort of like thing, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Actually, I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing. I don't see it as like the greatest thing ever. But I don't think 
I think in a way, this will help us be a little bit more creative or like, I don't want to say chaotic, but just more, I think the this will put more creative type players or dribblers on the field, you know? Whereas before, not that Chicho couldn't create or anything, but that wasn't his job or his aim. His, mm-hmm. his aim was simply to just put it in the back of the net. And now we're having a more, I guess, in a way, complete... I don't want to say complete attack, but we're having... We're most likely going to see three players that aren't afraid to drive the ball forward, aren't afraid to create, put balls in, and on top of that, go to goal as well. So it's going to be interesting. I really think we're going to see some sort of hybrid of Buanga, Opoku, and Vela. I think Opoku showed what he did. He played every single game last season, and he was a standout player. And I think, you know, especially with all the off, like the, the interest that he had during the offseason, I think he's going to be given that, that sort of role. Um, mm-hmm. Not by choice, because, I mean, had Chicho been here still, I think it would be a different situation, and he might be in a similar role. Or as we discussed before, he'd be splitting minutes with Vela, but more and more towards, you know, now the pendulum is swinging more in his favor, you know? And uh, as we're last season, we still had we still had it where maybe Vela provided you more in a game overall, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, no disrespect to either Vela or Opoku, uh, but, you know, compared to Opoku. Uh, and now maybe it's like kind of like you know, bell curve and Vela starting to like not offer as much, which we kind of saw towards the end of the last season. Yeah, right. Not that he's not offering much, but not the same. He's just not the same guy. Right. Vela, Vela we know, can do amazing things. He isn't the quickest guy as he once was off the dribble or first touch. Um, but, but he is an excellent player that we know can have world-class moments. Right. But that's also, I feel like, a worry, in my opinion, because uh-huh. having Opoku, Buanga, and Vela start in this front three, uh-huh. in theory, sounds really great because there will be a lot of mo- movement, a lot of m- mobility. You're, you're right, there'll be more dribbling, more penetration. But Vela kind of needs that guy off the bench to be yeah, subbed that's by. True. To, to sustain Vela throughout the entire season. Yeah, for the whole season, you're right. And Opoku was that guy for him. Uh-huh. And now now we have to rely on a very young kid in Stup... Stup... Buick. Buick. Oh, man. I don't know. I'll get that we'll eventually. get it right when he scores his first goal. Hell yeah, he'll score his first goal at BMO. BMO. Oh, yeah. BMO. Sorry, BMO. BMO. <laughs> but, but see, so this kid will be the first man off the bench most likely to sub one of those three players in all likelihood Carlos Vela yeah so I worry I worry because although LAFC did bring in some pretty good players Uh like we've mentioned you know Malik Tillman Aaron Long um uh other other kind of fringier kind of Uh players like it just feels like where we our biggest strength was once the attack uh-huh. and our forward line and now I feel like it's actually There's one of questions, like uh, it's one of our more questionable areas on the squad so that's my only concern at least throughout the entire season uh-huh. to go through this way but I mean granted the summer transfer window will come quicker than we expect I just yeah. hope LAFC has some sort of sustained success at least above 500 <coughs> record to be able to wait for that guy right. in the summer that we can potentially pull um in a way to be yeah. honest i'm kind of glad we're not going straight into or we're not 
we don't have a DP right now because I feel like it would have just been super rushed. Like, mm. the Chicho sale kind of blindsided us. Not that... We should have... This should have been planned ahead, man. Yeah. I don't want to, like, down or denigrate the, the front office because they've done extremely well in this in the five seasons that we've been been uh-huh. around. But it just feels like you knew Chicho was most likely in he wanted demand. A, he wanted a new contract. He wanted money. That was not that was like, not a secret. He said that he was happy yeah. to stay here and he didn't want to leave. All he wanted was to get paid, and he rightly so. Rightly so. Rightly so. And and they should have saw that coming. Yeah. And in the end, they they let him go, and which is fine because I also admire Chicho for what he did for our club. But he did what he did, and he needs to go get paid. He's not getting he's any younger, <laughs> and he needs to. He's already accomplished what you can accomplish here in the MLS. That's true. Actually, that is very true. So, so that's understandable, but. It just feels... You're right. It feels a bit rushed to maybe jump into a sort of DP kind of yeah. position. I really want them to think about it and right. really get someone that, <clears throat> who's essentially going to carry the mantle from, or take the mantle from uh, from Bella. I know. See, that's my whole kind of position now. I just feel like, all right, if LAFC is really going to go into this 2023 season starting this Saturday versus uh-huh. Galaxy without having a new DP, then they better be doing their homework uh-huh. for the summer. And, you know, I think they probably are because we have never seen LAFC go for that. Old, I mean, I shouldn't say never uh, because we do have older players from Europe. But they're not DPs. Right. All of our DPs have been players that are young. Young DPs are in their prime, like Vela when he was he came here at twenty nine. Mm-hmm. And those older European guys, we got them here and not on DP contracts. So that says a lot, I think, because you know, striking option wise, I don't know who is a nine sort of DP. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's like, I mean, I can think of a few names, but all of them. And the reason I can think of them is because they're on the the older side. You know, they're right. on the older side of 30. And that's why I'm like, oh, I know that they're looking for a move. I know that they're, you know, they might be easily swayed because they don't have much time left in their career. And an opportunity to play in MLS, why not? With a comfortable style of living, you know, get paid decently, you know, depending on where you are. But on top of that, like, there's all these other, like, enforcement deals and stuff like that you can do within, like, the U.S., depending where you are, you know, commercials and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think... Like, you know, if we were to, like, rush into this DP spot, like, we'd probably end up, like... Not that we... I don't think we will, but the, the chances are highly likely that or just get someone, like, unproven, you know? Like, I don't want to, you know, bash too much on the guy, but, like, some like what if we went out and got someone like Kevin Cabral? You know, that was, like, Galaxy. That guy was a DP, and I forgot what his record was, but it was abysmal. Yeah, like, I mean... Getting a young player at the striking position is, to me, a smart thing to do. It's just very difficult to get a top kind of elite goal scorer or, like, with potential. Because it's hard because if he's that good, who else is coming for him, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the problem there. But, I mean, besides my striker concern and a lack of a forward, like, in theory, this could look really good or it could be very flat. Depending, yeah, but so uh, obviously, we need to give LAFC some time. Uh huh. We need to trust in Chirundolo to to adapt this new play style. And it's not like it hasn't been 
like impossible to be played that way. I mean, granted, these teams that I'm about to mention are like elite European yeah. teams. <laughs> I mean, like Barcelona of the past, uh, Manchester City last of last season. season. Um, yeah, Spain has done it. Spain has done it on their own. Like, but it's, these are like you said, elite teams. These are elite teams who have pulled it off, and I just worry that. LAFC is trying to do something a little beyond their talent group. Yeah. Like, it's not something that's not possible. It's just something that's just like, oh, this is like the next level. Right. It's like, there's no no striker, just vibes, you know? Yeah. And to able... Look, I'm gonna... I got the perfect example of just vibes. Uh, I'm sure most of you guys have seen the quote. I forgot who was the coach at the time, but this was a coach for Brazil. And this is in, like, the early 2000s. And he says, basically, he's like, I went into the, uh, the locker room at halftime. And I was going to talk about ta- tactics. But then I saw Roberto Carlos, Adriano, Ronaldinho, Kaká. And, you know, like, those Joga Bonito guys. And he mm-hmm. was like, you guys, just go out there and have fun. Just do your thing. And you'll be unstoppable. And that's the kind of, like... But these are the kind of players that you need to be to be able to, like, all right, no plans, just fights. Because they're, they're an elite-level player. And... It's not that they don't follow tactics. It's that they're just... It's just different. It's like a different fluidity. They have a different fluidity and understanding of the game Mm -hmm. into which, like, your tactics do matter, but it just changes because the game is ever-changing. But how good and how disciplined though and that's the thing is how disciplined is everyone going to be in their roles because if we have some sort of, like, you know, makeshift, like... You know vibes up top which again i'm not i'm kind of up for it i kind of want to see what's up but we have to make sure that everyone else understands their roles because it's it's just mm-hmm. it's just gonna be different it's just it's just a different sort of like thing and everyone needs to be on the same page that's why like with the joga bonito everyone was like on the same page right like everyone understood the mission and the plan well the you know skeleton of a plan well they did win 2002 world cup at the time with yeah, those yeah. guys so, so <laughs> i guess they're pretty good yeah <laughs> they're pretty decent well Okay, now we've talked about LAFC. Uh-huh. I do. We've already talked about it kind of behind the scenes a bit with some uh-huh. actual big news. Oh, no. Which uh, the playoff format uh-huh. was literally just announced as of recording this podcast, which is February 21st. Literally today, the MLS announced the 2023 new playoff format in which, in which the f- first. One or one through seven teams will automatically qualify for the first round, both in the West and the East. In it's based off of a three-game series. What in the MLB? Not it gets worse, Jorge. Oh, it gets no. worse. <laughs> it gets worse. The eighth and ninth seed in both conferences will play a wild card wild game. Wild card. In wild which. Card. The game will go 90 minutes, 90 and minutes. if it's a tie, it will go immediately to penalties for that final eighth spot. Nothing says America like I refuse to draw. <laughs> Dude, you know what? I didn't even think of that, but you're absolutely right. It's like America said, we don't, Americans don't like to draw. We like to win or lose. It's Let's we add win the excitement. Or lose. Okay. Might as well bring in the freaking sh- the old PK shootouts. Exactly. Point, that, was <laughs> like, to, that was you more vibes. Like that was. You want to go vibes? Go full vibes. Yeah. Like you want to go. <sighs> I I talked to you about this behind the scenes. To me, this is a very gimmicky 
kind yeah. of thing. And best way to put I it. I fear that MLS, after announcing this, will now be looked at like a gimmick league because Jorge. MLS was, in my opinion, starting to gain some damn respect. I think so too. I mean, I think I think it said a lot. And again, I'm referring to our club, but I think our club did hit some historic milestones for the MLS. The you know the acquisition of both Gareth Bell and Giorgio Chiellini, I think, it was just like historic, right? But now, like the way it is, like I don't know, like will we be able to try attract those kind of players and stuff? Like it's it's just. We were heading in a different direction. You know, people were looking. You would see it all the time. You've heard multiple players. Players like Lukaku, you know, Messi, Griezmann, other players. Like, big-name players say they have interest. They never said that they necessarily are going to, yes, come here to the MLS. But they all say, like, I'm interested. Because they all see. I think a lot of it, too, honestly, is because, uh, is, the, is the popularity of basketball. Especially amongst right. professional, like, soccer players. If you guys didn't know, like, a lot of professional soccer players like basketball. Just like most players that like soccer. You it, like other sports. The yeah. Basketball and NBA is probably the second most global sport, uh-huh. I would say. Maybe cricket as well in there. Um, but they're one of those, I feel like, very big global teams. And, yeah, man. Those team, those players had interest in the MLS. And now seeing something like this, yeah, I mean, I, I can know. see some of them, some of them who are who are who are at the point of their career where they're like, "Man, I just want to go ball. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I just want to cascariar." Those guys, of course, they're not gonna care. Like they're like, "I just want to play and get paid. I don't, I don't care what kind of format. And it, it, it yeah. don't matter because because I've done it. I've won it." I did everything I could in Europe. I went, so I could see maybe even maybe not necessarily a Griezmann, but someone who's just who's won trophies and stuff. Yeah, man, we're making Griezmann because he has won trophies. He could be like, you know what, F it. Like, well, look, that's the thing, man. That's the thing. But that's what we've been trying to get away from. That's what we were trying to get away from so desperately by getting players like Ricky Puj, Dennis Buanga, Carlos Vela in uh-huh. like their prime of their careers. Exactly. Like, these are the kind of players the MLS was starting to attract on a higher level. Henny Mukhtar, the MVP, came here, of all places, to develop uh-huh. and show himself out and maybe get a move in the next couple of years. And he's in his prime. He's so, so good. So, like, seeing this happen to the MLS where the perception was always negative abroad uh-huh. was starting to change to good. And then the MLS slaps this... I love how we talked behind the scenes. Apple pie <laughs> in your face saying, we are America, and this is how we roll. Exactly, dude. And that, to me, just shows that the MLS and the United States soccer in general is more about building the soccer brand uh-huh. than it is absorbing the football culture of the world. Yeah, it is. And it's like... That's so American, man. It's just We like, have to be, like, special in some sort of way. Metrics is... Well, it wanted to be different and have playoffs. I get that, you know? But now this, I'm just like... <laughs> Yeah, it's know, a, it's a very depressing kind of not depressing, but just like disappointing. I was disappointed when I heard about this because I just felt we were making so much progress globally, and like it was it was it was something extra, something crazy. So yeah, this new system format. I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm not obviously like I can't do anything about it myself. 
knocking it out go to the games mm-hmm. but I don't know you know maybe I won't maybe maybe now that I know there's gonna be at least two games possibly a third maybe I sell my first one I don't go to the first one I don't know it is it is gonna be a kind of a learning curve uh, for us like kind of heavy uh, global soccer fans uh-huh. versus now the American soccer fan because to the American soccer fan, this might seem normal or they, they can adapt towards it because they've been so used to, like, other it, sports, M- NBA, uh, M- NBA yeah, MLB. MLB. Even uh, NFL has got with, like, the wild, wild card, card and stuff. Like, but, so the American fan it, yeah. is accustomed to that kind of environment. And I get what MLS is trying to do. They want that fan. But I get that, yeah, like you said. But they're definitely hitting a nerve of negativeness it's just like look man like <laughs> with todd, all the super soccer fans like todd Bowley went over there and <sighs> if you guys have been following he's not making us look good <laughs> no he is not jorge and that's your owner of your squad I know. bro i would say the only american owners that are looking really good is probably the owner of full yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Bournemouth too is American owned or has like American there's a invest. few. There's a few prime. other ones. Yeah. But Fulham is the only one that I'm just like that guy's not ruffling any feathers. But yeah. every other like you think of, at least you know what you know what it is. It's all the all the big American owners with big clubs because mm. all of them kind of look full bully. Number one, no, I'm not gonna lie, dude. He's not. He's if I thought the Glazers and everyone else were you know making us look kind of bad, no, dude. Todd Bowley said, I'm going to make this NFL style. I'm going to spend my ass off. Like He just came in and was like, apple pie for you, apple pie for you, apple pie for you, apple pie for you, you know? Like, just apple pie for everyone. Like, that's... Oh, my God. (laughs) With Bowley on a club level in Europe, kind of adding to the negative perception of Americans in soccer or football. Why don't we introduce an all-star game in the EPL? It's... It, to me, this has only t- gotten worse with the MLS new format. And with the deal with Apple, you know, going on for the next 10 years, I fear that this will be, like, unchangeable. Because yeah. if you think about it, 10 years ago, the MLS playoffs were different because of the le- there was less teams, right? Less teams, yeah. And then the most recent format was the one we were just in with the recent championship for like I believe it was like uh-huh. five seasons so this is now the next thing for the next ten years and the thing is too we're not done adding teams because we I don't know <laughs> I, I don't know more representation I guess which you know to be completely honest and fair I could I get it I get that every region like every like town like there should be everyone should have access to a professional like sports team like around you I get that 100% and it's like that in other countries too they like I'm thinking specifically of like you know England and Spain like there's they got teams all over yeah Wrexham is in a small town in Wales trying to get better you know but that's what makes everything so special it's like you have your your close your team that's close to you and you have like your your top team but you have your team that's close to you and so I get that they all they want to have that but they're not always the top team because you know what that's just it's just life and that's that's kind of how it works you can't not basically with having a team in every like region and stuff I just feel like at this point we're handing out participation levels 
I, that's what it is. I totally oh, you agree. can pay the fee, whatever, to to have a a franchise in MLS. Here you go. You're yeah. not going anywhere. And I mean, you're you staying know, here. You know, I mean, a lot of people who would listen to this podcast, you know, probably had the argument of like, MLS needs promotion and relegation to uh-huh. really like, you know, like have teams all over the country. Uh, I don't know if you, if you heard. I think I think you may, but we've heard players like Luca De La Torre recently talk about how promotion and relegation. He specifically, uh, you know, listed the MLS right. as like comparing the MLS to the Eredivisie and Spain, where he's like every game is is potentially like a cup final. You feel that pressure because right. it matters. Where in the yeah, MLS, if you get relegated, you lose money. You lose your position on a, in a top league. You uh-huh. lose that marketing that you would get in a top league. So it's just like there's all this. Uh, the stakes are so much higher uh-huh. in like a promotion relegation. Whereas MLS is like if you're the last team in the league, you get the first pick in the draft. That's it. Yeah. That's 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 good. Uh-huh. I mean, in a way, and you just get paid the same, and everything is the same, and that's the American model, and. Just, I live in the America. I live uh-huh. here. You live here. Yeah. All, all, most people listening, basically uh-huh. everyone living here, understands the American model. But that may be a hindrance, especially if we try to avoid like the culture of the game yeah, itself. Yeah, because it's just. I mean, I'm sure we're still gonna get people that'll look into it. Like people will watch it, like the way that like they they watch the NBA and stuff. The like, next Gareth really... Bale will not come to the MLS. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's just yeah, it's it's a little concerning, I guess. I I guess we just have to see how things will will play out. We'll just have to see how things play out. I wish we could have like some sort of promotion relegation thing. And there's like a lot of people pushing for it, but it's just I don't know if that that'll ever happen because there's too much money tied into these these teams now. Where, like, yeah, there's teams that d- totally totally deserve to go down, right? And in promotion relegation, they would. DC but United. Now, but now <laughs> there's too much investment to like. Where it's just like, could you imagine DC United not playing in the USL or playing like the USL instead of like? Yeah, the one MLS? of the most historical franchises in the MLS. Yeah, it would like. It could like, I mean, I don't think it would happen in DC because I, DC it's a big city is a big city and it's yeah. economically sound. Right. But in other areas of the country, I don't know. Like, I'm just like for an example, like we've all heard and seen of like Wrexham, and we saw how if you guys have seen the documentary, the more and more the team dropped down divisions, the more money that the the area the town lost because. I mean, it's a big thing having, like, a, a soccer team, a sports team. It brings a lot, not just in, uh, like, the, the sporting itself, but in marketing and other avenues of, of, uh, of, of life around in the, in the surrounding, like, communities and, and the city itself. And so, have, and again, D.C. United would not suffer. I mean, D.C. itself would not suffer because it's D.C. But, like, the, the, the brand D.C. United could suffer a lot. And I think because there's too much just tied into these these name brands uh, of these teams mm-hmm. now that it's just it's gonna be harder and harder to see like I just don't especially with with this like apple pie playoff that we have now I see it more as if like more as we're not doing promotional relegation and you need to get over it I couldn't agree more I mean LAFC just a month ago or so was announced as the first club to be worth one billion dollars uh-huh. in the MLS and I don't project that to go extremely like 
at an accelerated rate to go high. I thought the way it was going and uh-huh. the way we were going before this, it could have potentially risen even further. But with this now, I just feel like there's going to be a little bit of a hiccup uh-huh. for the MLS that we're going to need to get over. Maybe everything is okay. Maybe the Ricky Pooges of the world don't give an F and they still want to come over here uh-huh. and, and, and play ball, which is my biggest hope and same same you know the same goes for lefc you know to bring in big star names once again and not make it a league similar to that of like the era divise or whatever i really exactly want it to be a league that is respected around I the world just, i mean look i understand that there's only so far we can reach because we don't have the champions league right we don't right. i mean we have the coca champions league but everyone wants the champions league you yeah know? like right now that i said that the Champions League, we all heard a song in our head. Yeah. We did. We, we did. We totally did. We, I heard it. I Every single time, I, I just, it keeps playing now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, and that's the difference between, like, literally every league and yeah. UEFA leagues, right? But I, I just thought that, like, we were heading in another direction, whereas to, like, maybe outside the top five leagues in the world or outside of UEFA, we could be a, a, a serious name, you know? Just, like, mm-hmm. have some serious, like, uh, history or some respect respect. on our damn name bro like the Libertadores yeah and or something like that yeah and now now look I'm being negative because this is change and we don't yeah and And, or like I don't know we don't like change well it also I don't know what it would ultimately end up as yeah it's just the beginning this is yeah true right now we're being ultra negative and everything and it's because it's one, because it's changing something so personal to us, something that, that means a lot to us, and it's changing in a format, in a way that we're not accustomed to, and it's mm-hmm. not the norm. So, I don't know, maybe this could be, and th- this probably can be a good thing, and, and maybe, and I'm hoping that it will, but it's just, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. Um, well, let's just get to this real quickly. Uh-huh. What... Are you, what is your expectations, not for the MLS Cup, uh-huh. but where do you see LAFC landing in this one through eight right now? Your early prediction, early prediction before the season starts. I'm not talking playoffs because the playoffs are decided in a different format. Yeah. But where do you see LAFC landing in the West? Top three. Really? Top three. I don't know if one, two, or three. But I definitely see us top three. I think we've done enough uh, in the off season to kind of like reinforce ourselves, uh, uh, and, and everything aside, aside from like the the striker option. That's why I'm not putting us one or two because yeah, yeah. I, I don't necessarily know how this attack is gonna fly. It could be like the greatest thing ever. It could not. It could be good. It could be just decent. It could be just just enough. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why we're in the top three. You know, because maybe there's gonna be a few games where we can't kill them off. Whereas, yeah. like, that's something that Chicho could do. And we've, we did that a couple times where, you know, he, he pulled out goals out of nowhere. Uh, game against Galaxy. Yeah. That's one in particular. Uh, there's a few others. But I, I still think top three. I still think we have the quality. I okay. think Carlos Vela is probably going to... I don't think he's going to sit back. I think he's, like, uh, he's taking that as, like, a like a stepping stone. And he's probably, like... This is his first trophy in his career mm-hmm. uh, that I'm aware of. I could be... This is his first trophy. Yeah. Okay, so his first trophy, so I'm sure he's going to want to, I mean, aside from the Supporter Shield trophies, if we count those, yeah. right? But I can see Carlos Vela going, like, let me let me try one more time. Let me see what, what more I can do, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
and on top of that, like he, realistically, like he, like we all know of his his true his true love, right? But he's probably thinking like, okay, this is this is it. Like I got literally like these two seasons, and that's that's probably it. So like, why not like just just go as hard as I can? So hopefully we'll see that from him. Uh, I think we did great reinforcements to the midfield. We still have Sifu, mm-hmm. so. If we hold, especially holding on to Sifu, which is bittersweet. It's bitter in the sense that as a fan of the game and other, like, especially young, young, young Latinos, like, you just want to see them to, like, not, not that I don't want to see anyone else, you know, mm-hmm. you know, overcome everything and, like, make it. But, but you sin. want them to succeed and, it's just and like, get better in their it's career, like, of course. Yeah, you came, you came here to the MLS from Ecuador, and now you're, you're, you're making your way to, like, GMs. Like, hell yeah, this is, this is cool. It's cool to see people succeeding in that aspect. So it's bittersweet in the sense that, oh, man, he's not going. But it's, it's the sweet part is, oh, he's staying. <laughs> and yeah. I won't complain about having him on our team. I uh, won't complain. Yeah. Bro, you're right around where I'm at, but I'm I even think slightly less. You think so? Who you I thinking? I actually think LAFC will land four through six. Damn. Fuck. And I know that's being negative and I'm an LAFC fan, but <laughs> I do go think up from there. Right. I, we can only get up and in, in, in the end. Uh-huh. We just need to get in the damn tournament of the at playoffs. At the end of the day, it's mainly just getting into the playoffs. Right. It's just getting in the playoffs. You know, home advantage, I feel like this team has been uh, seasoned enough uh-huh. with the championship win and the players it currently has to have that mental stability. I or, think now, now that right. we got that monkey off our back, we were championship team yeah like these teams these are players now that they can't they don't get so unfamiliar. obviously playing at home always ideal always ideal but <laughs> i definitely think there's going to be a, an adjustment period for lafc without this striker situation and when it gets to the summer i'm sure there will be additions but i do think a player like sifu and perhaps even a Bowanga or an Apoku we'll be might be snagged out the door. Yeah, depending so, how good they have this exactly. part of the Exactly. Yeah. So that is my only concern, and I feel like LAFC is going to have to go through kind of a roller coaster of a season. But in the end, they'll you put know. themselves in the playoffs. And as a fan, that's all I could ask for, at least right now, after winning yeah, two supporter shields uh, in the past five years. So And the MLS Cup. And the MLS Cup, of course. <laughs> But I just I see the I see them two different things because yeah. they just need to get in. But I, I you know uh, hearing what you have to say I don't I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I, I you you do bring up a good point there. We might be losing some players halfway down down the season. We've seen what even having players integrating into the middle of the season can kind of you know do and ruffle up exactly feathers. And that's what I'm afraid of. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully that's. You know, it's just with the weird formatting of the way the when the season starts and stops. Like it's just it's inevitable. It's yeah. gonna happen. It's, it's gonna happen, man. And you go through well, rebuild, rebuilding literally like in the middle of the season, not a whole season thing. It's just like you're doing good, bam, the rebuild. Yeah. Well, in the end, we're gonna continue to support LAFC. We know you guys are gonna continue yeah. to support LAFC, and well, as till. After the Galaxy game, my friend, Ooh, we will have yeah. something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, season opener. Season opener coming this Saturday at the Come Rose Bowl. Make sure to watch it. Um, Jorge, what time is it at? 6.30. 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. So That would be 
eight thirty Valentine. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> who? Who? Oh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Be there. Make sure you guys watch. Make sure you guys support. And hopefully, you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Later, skaters. Thank you, guys.